touchdown. Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that, time's yours. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And, uh, you know, Chiefs sit at four and two. Got one more game until they hit the bye week. It's way out in San Francisco. Um, you know, but uh, the biggest news of the week so far, there's a lot of injury news and we'll get to the injury news. We'll talk about the 49ers banged up defense. We'll, you know, we'll talk about, um, you know, what the chiefs need to do to get a little more consistent on offense and maybe what the expectations are for that chiefs defense. But I think the Travis Kelsey, uh, contract maneuver was, is the biggest news The the chiefs converted some of his base salary into, uh, signing bonus. Um, so Travis was happy because they got to cut him a big fat check for three and a half million dollars. Um, and it also frees up that money against the salary cap. I think the chiefs had less than a half million dollars before that move. Um, some of it though, did get eaten up by having to add Taylor Stallworth to the, uh, I think to the 53 man roster. Um, and of course, that led to the Odell Beckham Jr. rumors. Um, Nick Jacobs, how excited are you about the salary cap machinations and the Odell Beckham Jr. rumors? Um, I mean, I, I was a little surprised that Kelsey's uh, money was able to get done because I knew they gave him that uh, money during training camp. Where they yeah, a couple million they added to his contract. Yeah, so that was that was kind of surprised that that happened. But I'm not upset about anything that creates cap space. For the Chiefs at this time and juncture, um, I'll be curious to see if they're able to create a little bit more cap space. We'll see how that shakes out. What options do they have? For, what options do they have for that? I don't definitively know at this time. Um, so I, I, I mean, we'll see if there's an opportunity for them too. Well, let, let's start with one. There's nothing they can do with Orlando Brown Jr. He's got to play on the franchise tag this year. So even if the Chiefs wanted to. Uh, extend him, which I, I, I can't imagine they would at this point in the season, but that's not even an option. There's always the Patrick Mahomes roster bonus, but I, you and I have talked about at some point they've got to actually take the hit on, on his salary. They can't, you know, they're going to, they can't, they, I, I don't think they want to just keep kicking the can down the road. Um, although I guess they can do whatever they want, but are there any other options you see out there, whether it's a Chris Jones extension or, or something like that? Um, uh, you know, and how much flexibility do they have with, say, Tooney's contract or Marquez Valdez-Scantling's contract or Justin Reed's that they could move some stuff around or, you know, especially for the, the latter two, Reed and MBS, uh, might, you know, those contracts are probably backloaded anyway, so there's not a lot of cap savings to be had with the restructure right now, right? Well, I mean, I don't know from a language perspective since I don't have access to contracts to be able to look 100% on when, Money can be moved in roster bonuses and when it cannot, when it's finalized and what deadlines set a certain way. So that's why I don't know definitively that they can do X, Y, or Z right now at this time, which is why I made the comment that I did that I, you know, I don't know where they can or can't move the money right now. But I'm sure if there's an opportunity for them to be able to do that, if there's a move that they want to make or moves that they potentially want to make, I'm sure they will find a way to do it. But with Tooney, if I remember correctly, they already did a restructure with his contract, and from my from from the past, I, I believe you could only do one restructure per year. So that's why I don't know if there's anything that they can do with that contract. So that's why I was kind of surprised when Kelsey's thing happened because I knew they'd kind of gave him some money in advance. So I don't know. 
since I'm not a capologist on an NFL team. Um, what? I, I don't definitively know the ins and outs of what they can and can't do at this time, especially when it comes to roster bonuses. Because if you're looking from afar, roster bonuses seem like the easiest way to adjust something, create it into a signing bonus, and spread over the life of the contract or create cap space. Those seem like the lot most logical and easiest, but without knowing when that's specifically due or when that locks in 100%, I can't, I, I don't definitively know. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, if they're trying to get significant uh, cap savings, you're really only looking at Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones contracts. Those are the only ones that are more than $2 million other than Kelsey, but they've already, like, like we talked about, they've already done, um, you know, what they were going to do with his contract, I think. So, I mean, I think if they're going to make a move, it would have to, you know, it would have to come from, from Pat or, or Chris Jones's contract. Um, do you think they need to free up more money? I mean, how critical is that? I, I mean, you know, obviously, I, I mean, I think at this point, if you're going to fit anybody else under the salary cap um, of any significance, especially a veteran who's already got a contract out there, um, you know, you're, you're probably going to have to create more space. So what do you think the likelihood is that, that the Chiefs will be able to do that, say, before 3 p.m. on November 1st? With uh, like, like I previously said. With I mean, do you contract. think it's something the Chiefs need to do? Okay. Now, in that regard, they have they could use help at tackle. They could use, they could definitely use help at tackle. They could use help at defensive end. Anything that literally helps generate a pass rush that's not named Chris Jones, they need help with right now. Because Josh Allen was able to do his taxes, look at the Cheesecake Factory menu, and from from front to back, and do anything that he wanted to do because they didn't have a pass rush. So the Chiefs had to constantly blitz in the game, which put their corners on islands at times, and and also gave up some gave up some big plays because they had to bring five or six to be able to get Josh Allen off a spot. And when they didn't do that, that caused problems for him and touchdowns got scored on them sometimes. So they could use a pass rush. There's, there's no disputing that, but they needed a pass rush in the off season too. They went out and got Carl Loftus, but unfortunately they still need more than that. And Carl Loftus and um, Chris Jones. Now from a receiver's perspective, part of the problem is in my opinion, from watching them, is they have to create with their stack formations. They're having to create um, receivers running routes off each other to give the the guy that they want space and give them clean releases and get it out quickly. Part of that, I think, has to do with the offensive line and getting the ball out quick. But I think another part of that's so that those guys get clean releases and time those out in a specific way because at times the Chiefs receivers seem to struggle against man coverage. And that's not necessarily supposed to be a knock on anybody. That's just this is kind of what their skill set. Their skill set seems like they do a good job at finding um, when they get free releases, when they're going against zone, finding the voids. They all seem to do good and, and and excel at that. But I don't know if there's enough receivers on there right now that can be able to go against press man coverage and be able to effectively do what needs to be done. So if there is a receiver they add to the roster, it's going to have to be an individual that can kind of force teams to kind of play off a little bit more or play more zone coverage or put fear in defenses if they did add a receiver. But, I mean, there's there's help they need at tackle. There's help they need at pass rush. There's help they could use at receiver. Like, there's no disputing any of that. So we'll see how that ends up shaking out over the next handful of weeks.
I do think receivers, the third biggest need on the team. I think that the needs uh, on the offensive and defensive line are more glaring, but let me ask you this. Odell Beckham jr. I mean, we know what he was in his prime, right? We we've all seen that the highlights, you know, we all know how his time ended in Cleveland. He's also not a young guy anymore. Um, you know, especially by NFL standards, um, his twice surgically repaired knee. Um, you know, not young by NFL standards. I mean, is he a guy who solves that problem? Do you think that he can come in and, and be that guy? Cause I think that's, that was supposed to be sky Moore's strength, but I don't think he's up to speed enough. Um, you know, it hasn't worked his way into the offense. Um, you know, is he a possible solution down the road or do you think they need to make a move and can Odell Beckham jr. Solve that problem for sky Moore right now? He's a rookie. Right. It was always going to take him time to get in the system. And you're hoping by this time next year, the following year is kind of where Sky Moore is able to take off. I, I, for people that thought he was just going to kind of set that offense on fire in a great way and be that guy that they need on his own. And right now with all the pressure that it has for this offense to be able to perform and get in rhythm right now, that's, I just don't think that that's realistic for Sky coming in as a rookie. Don't get me wrong. He's a great route runner. He's got good speed. He's great in the open field, but like it's going to take that kid all season and it's, he's not going to be a finished product. I just don't think he's going to be a finished product. until another year or two down the road, but I think he has the chance. And in fairness, I'm not sure that, I mean, Chris Olave was having a good season. Then he started getting some injury issues down in new Orleans, but um, and I haven't looked at, at everybody, but sky was, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th wide receiver taken. I don't think any of those guys are setting the league on fire. I don't think any of those guys are having Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase type seasons, um, this year as Harold is, as that, as that class was, I think this is a more typical year where wide receivers often take a little bit of time, um, to transition to the NFL and become highly productive players, you know, in whatever system they go to. I, 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 like you said, it's not a knock on sky. I think that's just, um, the life of an NFL receiver when you're moving into a, a much more complex and complicated offensive system, but back to the o, Odell Beckham jr. I mean, one, we don't know what his medical is, right? That's going to be a huge part of, of whatever the evaluation is moving forward. But do you think he can solve that problem? Is he a guy who can force teams to, to play more zone, play more of that off coverage, give, you know, give Patrick Mahomes and that offense more of, of the windows and the looks that they, that they can thrive in. I think he can help it if he's healthy. I think he's still a dynamic receiver. I'm not saying he's Tyree kill by any means, but I'm saying he, I think he would force defenses to have a little bit more respect for what the chiefs are doing at receiver than what they do right now, based on a lot of the coverages that they're running. Cause right now what it comes down to is defenses don't respect the chiefs tackles. They know they can get by him, and they know they can get by him with three if they need to because the Bills prove that again and again and again. And they're leaving us. Teams are as now that the Bills have done it again and taken from the Bengals' AFC Championship playbook, some other teams are going to start leaving a spot. They're just going to rush three and leave a spy. They're going to attack Wiley's inside shoulder, and they're just going to speed rush outside of Orlando Brown and create enough pressure to where if they run their man coverage or they run a blend of zone with, with man coverage – in various spots, they're going to they're going to accomplish what they want, and they're going to make it difficult for the for the Chiefs' offense. and the And the Chiefs' offense is trying to work their way through it and develop the rhythm that they would like to. 
and that they've had in years past before. So, and part of that may be having to run the ball. So, I mean, there's, there, those are all those little factors to it. But I mean, like you said, the first thing you got to do is you got to have a physical with Odell Beckham. If he was the player that they wanted to bring in and take a look at and potentially add to the offense and see where that knee's at and how it holds up even before, you know, that even is something that transpires, but you know, I we'll see, we'll see what ends up happening. But I mean, I don't think I personally, you know, whether it's tackle receiver, it's, it goes hand in hand. Cause if, you know, these are things in the off season, you would have preferred that like they could have all been resolved, but there was only so much money the chiefs had to be able to get done certain things. But I know there got to be high priorities next year, no matter what. So it'll, uh, because the Chiefs defensive line is going to need a lot more added to it in the offseason. I think their goal was, hey, we'll build the secondary this year and get that situated and kind of locked in, then focus on the D-line the following year, which is what I kind of suspect is going to end up happening in that regard. So who's – I mean, who's out there that that at those positions, whether it's tackle or, or defensive end? I mean, Robert Quinn's a guy that's available. Um not not sure that he's the impact edge rusher that I mean he'd probably impact upgrade over what the Chiefs have, but I'm not sure he's he's an impact guy that like moves the needle completely. Same thing for Cleveland Farrell. Um, you know, I don't really see him as a guy who 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 moves up. Is it realistic to think Brian Burns could be pried away from Carolina? Or is there anyone else that you would even consider on that DN market? I mean, I mean, I know Brian Burns has been linked as he's not going to be traded and that, you know, he's not really on the block and everything. And we'll, we'll see what ends up shaking out with all that. I mean, I'm sure he's going to, he's going to command a high price if he does get right. moved anywhere. So, I mean, that's part of the reality and you're giving him a brand new contract if you're the one trading for him. Uh, right. And the good news for the chiefs is you got Frank Clark's money coming off the books. So you do have some money to spend on DN and you've got, Karloftis, who's you know going to be going into the second year of his rookie deal, it makes sense if the Chiefs are looking to do that. I just don't know, especially with Clark Hunt having already expressed that he's reticent to move the number one pick, with the Chiefs uh, having the 2023 NFL draft in town. I'm not sure how the Chiefs make that work, and he, you know, and get it all done under the salary cap and all the other things. I, don't get me wrong. I'd do the Brian Burns trade in a heartbeat if, if that was a realistic option because I think he is a true impact player. I'm just not sure it's realistic. Um, I mean, do I think they're trading the first-round pick away in 2023? No, I don't. Right. No. I, I I think that's off the table personally. But, I mean, we'll like I said, man, I mean, we'll just have to sit back and see what happens over the next couple of weeks and if there's anything that happens or if they just ride with what they got and develop them and – you know, see what happens against Buffalo uh, potentially in the second time around or whatever teams they end up playing in the playoffs. If everything goes right and they're able to make it there and have a home field game and all that type of stuff. Do you, I mean, Robert Quinn, uh, Cleveland Farrell, either one of those guys you think even worth kicking the tires on? I mean, the Raiders aren't trading Farrell to Kansas city. Probably not. Right. But that, that ain't happening. I mean, they want Cleveland Farrell. It's going to be in the market next year. It won't be, it won't be through trade. Do you want Cleveland Farrell though? I mean, if he wants to be a rotational guy down the road in 2023 or four, maybe, but I, I'm not going out of my way to try to get him to start. Um, what about the tackle? I mean, 
Isaiah Wynn might be somebody the Patriots are willing to deal. You know, maybe Houston, you know, they've moved on from Jack Easterby. Maybe they're ready to move on from Laramie Tunsil too. Is there anybody out there that you think fits the bill? And do you think that, do you think the Chiefs are looking for a right tackle or do you think they'd be looking for a left tackle and trying to convince Orlando Brown Jr. he needs to move to right tackle? Um, I mean, in terms of on the roster right now, I mean, Joe, a healthy Joe Tooney could play a tackle spot if they need him to. And with the money that they're paying him, that could be a possibility where you kick Wiley inside at guard where he's significantly better at. Where you have Allegretti. I mean, you have some flexibility on the roster if that's what you need to do or potentially you're going to do. Like, I mean, that's a possibility in terms of, I, I mean, I just don't know right now who's on the trade block at the tackle position that teams would potentially be willing to give up. And then also you got to factor in what their skill set is and how much, how similar is it to the schemes that the chiefs are trying to run both in run and pass and what they prioritize versus what they're potentially running or could possibly run for somebody that's there since i have limited time these days to look at as much tape as I used to. I don't have a full pulse on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure Brett Veach is kicking the tires on all those guys and seeing what's available, but um, the, you know, the NFL trade di- trade deadline is not like the NBA or major league baseball. Typically. I mean, you don't see like a flurry of big name moves and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, I mean, historically there've been a few, right. But a lot of times it's, you know, guys get frustrated. They get released. Like was the case with Odell Beckham jr. Last year. And it's hard to see an impact move like the Melvin Ingram trade out there right now. But you know, there's still, you know, there's still a couple, kind of a couple weeks, a little bit less than a couple weeks. So um, there's time we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens there, but let's move on to the 49ers. Yeah. You know, coming into the season, I, I thought, ah, the 49ers could be, could be pretty good. And then they started, you know, uh, playing pretty well. Once, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo went back in at starting quarterback. I mean, he is what he is. It's limited, but that defense was just lights out. Now it's banged up, right? Um, you know, you've got a lot of guys that didn't play and, and they lost to Atlanta last week. Um, you know, you've also got questions about Eric Armstead and, Teleno Hufanga, who, you know, who's a safety that reminds a lot of people of Troy Palomalu for good reason. Um, you know, Traverius Ward, who's been playing well, then Chiefs fans will be familiar with him. Um, you know, got got hurt his groin last week. Like none of those guys practiced on Wednesday. You know, Nick Bosa's been nicked up, Drake Jackson's been nicked up, Jimmy Ward, the safety's been nicked up. Um, you know, Trent Williams has been nicked up. I mean, they've got a they've got a lot of key players who are are hurt. How I mean, if you look at the numbers, this defense is on par with the Buffalo Bills, but um, like, you know, what you saw from like last week against Atlanta and things like that. I mean, is this, is this a defense that the chiefs need to fear going into Sunday? It'll depend on on a handful of things. It'll first depend on is Nick Bosa out there and is Nick Bosa healthy, right? Cause it goes Nick Bosa against those tackles is going to be a problem. Nick Bosa is very athletic. He's very quick, very tw- quick twitch. I personally think he's a better rusher than his brother is at this stage in his career. And I think he's a little bit more athletic than his brother, uh, Joey, is. But, I mean, with the groin injury, I think it's going to be really tough for him to be able to not only play but be effective during it. 
And with Eric Armstead, not necessarily, uh, not we don't know what his status is going to be by the time Sunday rolls around. I mean, that's that's two big hits to their defensive line. But I mean, they do have. Sad thing is, I mean, they have enough athletic ability um, with their defensive line rotation that they could still honestly give the Chiefs tackles that they have right now problems. Um, so I, that's why I'm not discounting what they could potentially do because they still are have athletic defensive linemen that they can bring in waves to cause the Chiefs problems. I mean, when they're a healthy group, the 49ers defense is very fast. They're very physical. They're aggressive. They hit hard. And so I really enjoy watching their defense and and what Dre uh, Greenlaw has done this year. Just he's just a physical presence as obviously as Fred Warner has, has been for quite some time there. So, I mean, they just have a very, very fast athletic defense that you just, you have your windows to be able to attack them and to be able to manipulate their zones or run, or you got to run directly at them and eliminate their speed and just overpower them. There's ways you can attack them, and it's not a problem. Um, but man, I mean, when 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 they're healthy, that's a. The, I think this 49ers defense, when they are healthy, I personally think they're more ferocious collectively as a group than the one that the Chiefs played in the Super Bowl. They are, and I think part of that's a product of D'Amico Ryan's right. Like he's been there. They have a very clear identity. They have a very clear. Um, plan and, and they do a good job identifying guys that fit their system, bringing them in, developing them and getting the most out of them. I, I you know, Traverius Ward, you know, I mean, I, I think you and I were kind of like, ah, I don't know if I'd pay that money. He's played great in that. So, you know, they were able to identify his strengths and, 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 uh, and, and he's had a, a good season. Um, I do think though, that like the chiefs have a, a, a this is a game where I, it, it may be, maybe lower scoring than Chiefs fans are accustomed to. It may be another 24-20 type game or, you know, game played in the 20s. I do think that on balance that the Chiefs should be able to score more points um, than San Francisco when you look at, I mean, start with the quarterback, right? Like, what are your expectations for this Chiefs defense? Because I think we felt like there was a lot of promise there. And, and I still think there is. I mean, they only gave up 24 to the Bills. But we've seen in the Colts game, we've seen in the bills game when they need to make plays, they don't always come through. Now they did against the chargers, right? Jalen Watson with the 99 yard interception return. So we've seen them make the big play when they need to, but we've also seen them not. Um, you know, I, I think people kind of gave him a pass for giving up 31 to Tampa Bay, you know, because the chiefs were in control of that game. But with each passing week, it looks more and more unfathomable that any defense gave up 31 to Tampa Bay, the way that offense is playing and as poorly as that offensive line is going. So what are, what are your expectations for the chiefs defense? Because it's clear like the last couple seasons, they've got a blitz. If they're going to get pressure uh, and, and get sacks, um, you know, but they're getting a little healthier. Willie Gay should be out there. We'll see still whether Trent McDuffie um, is returned to the active roster but there's always that possibility. Certainly after the buy, you'd expect he'd be back by then. I mean, what just what are your what are your expectations going up against a team that has a couple weapons like Debo and Brandon Ayuk, but frankly isn't that formidable? The you're not going to get the San Francisco 49ers offense confused with the Buffalo Bills offense, right? Like it's they're it's two different wavelengths. I mean, 
like you said, Debo Samuel is kind of their dynamic guy, and the guy, if they can get on a couple of crossers, he can do some damage and cause some problems. And like you said, with Brandon Ayuk, he's he's good with the wide receiver screens and with some of their option routes, especially their lasso routes. I mean, that's kind of where he can kind of shine. I mean, with Kittle, Kittle doesn't look – he just doesn't look right to me this year, which kind of makes me wonder if he's – I knew he was injured earlier this year. I think he's still kind of battling through it whether he is or isn't on the injury report, whatever, but he just, he isn't, he's not back to hundred percent right now. And then they're running back, uh, Jeff Wilson. He's a guy that you have to give a runway to with the offensive line. So as long as they create a, a chance for him to hit the hole and get a three yard head start to get to full speed, he's, I mean, he can outrun a lot of angles, but he's, he's not necessarily strong. So, if you get some arms in front of him and he didn't get that, that clear runway, he he's not as much of a factor as you would think with the type of speed he has. And Tevin Coleman's kind of rotated in and been able to give some 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 help here and there. And then Kyle Juszczyk, they obviously use a great deal out in the flats, and they would probably use him against some of the Chiefs linebackers and kind of use him as a tight end in various ways if needed to because he's, he's a better receiving fullback than people probably realize or give him credit for. But I mean, you know, Trent Williams has been hurt, and you don't, you don't know if he will or won't be there. Hurt. So I mean, they're they're a very injured football team that's missing a lot of pieces that they had just a handful of weeks ago against the Rams, and it's just it's just not. They have a if if a, if some of those guys can't play, they're they're not going to have a fun day. If most of those guys can't play, it's going to be a really tough day for the 49ers against the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd put this. I, I, I'm tempted to put this one in the win column for the Chiefs, but you know, uh, you know, like I, like you said, we'll have to see when the when the uh, final injury report and then the inactives come out. You know, like at what strength the 49ers are um, before making that call. Uh, so here's my question. Uh, one last question for you about the Chiefs' offense. At what point? I mean. Like, do you, do you give Ronald Jones a chance? Like, <laughs> um, there's no way he can be less productive than, than Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Isaiah Pacheco have been in that run game so far. You know, we've talked about the blocking issues and, and the RPO and how that hamstrings kind of what this offensive line does best. But I mean, at some, at some point, do you think that they should mix it up and, and at least see what Jones has in the tank? Yeah, I mean, they should have a handful of uh, handful of weeks ago. They should have. I mean, he should have been active for that Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. And there's other times where it would be nice to have him active because it's the whole reason you have him on the roster is going to be your power runner. Because I mean, like the thing is, like I mean, people. <clears throat> the problem was the Pacheco comparison to Kareem Hunt. I think is going to haunt him, and it's not his fault. He did nothing to it. But like people keep thinking that 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 he's getting held back because that you know for whatever reason. But I, I'm telling you, from watching him up at training camp, I mean, don't get me wrong, the kid runs hard and he's very physical. But he's a straight line physical. Right. You start trying to stretch him out, he loses his effectiveness and and who he is. And then if you try, and the same same issue for Clyde. When I watch Clyde in the 2020 Bills game. Um, and I went back and watched that before the Chiefs played the Bills. He had much better lateral quickness. He doesn't have that anymore. 
after he got injured in that Saints game, that has never come back. And I don't know if it ever will come back. And he needs blocks to be held for him to get to that second level and be effective. Otherwise, it's just one or two yards. And he's the fact he lacks the lateral quickness allows the linebackers to meet him at the at the line of scrimmage or maybe back a little bit. So that's a loss most times when he's running that. That's that's the part of the problem on that one. Well, and, and look, I, I don't know that Ronald Jones solves those issues. I don't know that Ronald Jones is a guy who's going to, you know, like beat, beat linebackers one-on-one any better than Isaiah Pacheco did against Matt Milano last week. So maybe the chiefs just don't have, you know, the guy that they need on the roster, um, you know, because I, 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 I don't think that you want to turn it over and give Jarek McKinnon 20 carries a game and have him be your workhorse back. History says that's not going to work out super, super well, probably. Um, But at this point, I I think six weeks into the season, we've seen enough to say, okay, we know what Clyde and Pacheco are. Um, Let's see what Ronald Jones is. Until I get, until we get to see him in game situation, (laughs) I will be asking that question of when do they want to finally commit to a power run game? and start kind of taking some pressure off Mahomes a little bit. Cause here's, here's the bigger thing from watching the coaches film from the Buffalo game. Just Pat's got too much on his shoulders. Like, I mean, they, they don't, they, they're struggling to have this. The play calling is out of sync. Like Pat at times just isn't in, in rhythm. And I asked him about it at the press conference and everything, you know, on Wednesday, it's just, there's just, there's, it's very out of sync for everybody, not and not just him, but just everybody. And when they were at their best and when they were shining was in that Tampa Bay game when they had the good balance of pass with run and play and some play action in there. And that's and now in my opinion, that's what that offense is this year, whether they want to admit it or not, or they you know, and they're like you said on the previous podcast, there may be stuff that they're trying to work on and kind of struggle through. And, and get better at with the reps that they're and snaps that they're giving to everybody. So, I mean, you know, it's, we'll, we'll see as the weeks go on kind of what, what will or won't be in that. But I just, I would like to see them go with a run identity and style that fits what the backfield is capable of, what they can be effective at. And then if they need to blend in some of Jerry McKinnon with some of the off tackle or some of the pitches or tosses, whatever they need to do or the quick hitting runs or counters, then they can add, they can blend those things in. But I feel like Pacheco, I feel like Clyde and even Ronald Jones, I think they're more of a gap power style run between the tackles, one cut go type style. And I think that's what they have in their backfield. And I think at some point they need to accept that and start running that style to get this offense in a certain rhythm and, and sync. Right. I, I, no, I, I agree. I just, I think, I think we've seen, you know, like, like it's great that, that you're trying to see what everybody's capable of and what their strengths are. But at some point you've got to begin to play to those strengths, I think. Um, and, and you've got to eliminate, um, you know, the, the plays that aren't as effective. I, I, I just think that's going to be their best strategy moving forward. Um, you know, and like, like I said, I don't know that Ronald Jones is the answer, but I, I don't know that he's not either. Um, I think what was most frustrating about watching that bills game is the number of times, not that the bills only rushed three and dropped eight, because I think, 
Yeah, you've seen that from Cincinnati. You know, you, you've seen teams play that kind of soft and off coverage and really force the team, the Chiefs to take, take the check down. Like none, none of that kind of stuff is surprising. I think the difference is how easily like a three-man rush or a four, the four-man rush that Indy was using when they were dropping seven, how easily it's getting home this year and how little time Pat has and those receivers have to try to get open. Um, that's to me what what's shocking, and that's been um, you know kind of what we've seen when the offense has struggled. Yeah, and they better get it fixed, or it's going to be going to cause some problems. And let's be honest, this whole thing's uh, tied up into the health of fifteen. That football team goes as he goes. Well, and and I think for better or worse, I mean, I think the Chiefs are at a point where. Super Bowls are all that matter. I think everybody knows that, like, if Pat Mahomes is going to prove that he's the the generational future Hall of Fame quarterback that 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 people that, that Chiefs Kingdom certainly believes he is, Super Bowls are all that matters. Like, like he he you know he's got to get to Super Bowls. He's got to win Super Bowls. Like that's that's the bit when they won this when they won the Super Bowl in his second year as a starter, and then they went back the next year that set the standard. And and like I said, for better or worse, I, I, that's, I think that's all that matters um, to the fan base and to the players in the locker room and the coaches, you know, in that locker room these days. I mean, that's, that's where it is. Um, And and I know it's, it's it's a difficult standard because only, you know, only one out of 32 NFL teams is going to be happy at the end of the year. If that's the standard you set for yourself, but that's where the Chiefs are. And I think that's where they're going to be for the balance of Patrick Mahomes' career. Yep. All right, I got nothing else. What do you got? No, I'm, I'm good, man. Seen any good movies, read any good books? Um, No. Uh, I, I watched this stuff called Coach's Film. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, I have. I have. Uh, NFL Plus Premium, yeah. Or Premium Plus. I can't remember. Whatever it is. Uh, all right, Todd. Well, this has been fun. Um. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to give my movie reviews, but that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. I believe we have another podcast for that called Screened on the Spot, where you can check in with uh, Chris and and Sarah. Chris and Sarah and Justin. Yeah. 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 Check with with them about it. Okay. They're on the second floor. I know you like to wander around the company. I went and and visited Chris today, as a matter of fact. Chris is going to help me out because I don't know if you're aware, um, and I want to make sure that, that Trudy knows this. Um, you can be found on YouTube now if people want to see you um, smirking at me um, as we do this podcast or rolling your eyes or um, falling asleep and ignoring me or just staring at me blankly like you appear to be doing now. I uh, I don't remember signing anything that gave consent uh, to, to my... Oh, it's right there on your shirt, baby. 41 name, minutes. image, and likeness being uh, utilized on uh, YouTube. That's, I'll get you a taco. <laughs> that's not enough from the KSHB collective. It's <laughs> not. That's not enough, Todd. You, we don't you, have any money in the KSHB collective, so that's all I can offer you. I don't know, Todd. You better figure it out, though. We're not the University of Tennessee, sir. Todd, I never said them. I said you. I said you better <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> all right. Um, you're welcome to come over for cracked chicken chili. Now you're getting warmer. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll hide Colin's blanket. We'll, we'll make that happen. <laughs> Dude, he's, he's old enough now. He didn't have them. Oh, no, he's not. Yeah. No. He's, he's moved on with life. You have, you have severely misunderestimated 
um, how how ornery he is. You're gonna let him listen to this part of the podcast, aren't you? No, no, no. I mean, I I, I got hit in the face with a blanket yesterday. I mean, I'm telling you, it's not over. <laughs> we have not exited that phase. Well, I'm not gonna say anything. Uh, I'm not gonna say anything, or Colin could use against me. So, yeah. that's he I, does I, have I, some very good lawyers. I, <laughs> okay, <laughs> All right, Todd. This looks like my exit. All right. All right. You take the exit ramp, and uh, for the rest of you, take care, kids. <laughs>